Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. All right, it has been a uh, blessing to have uh, Don Brown. Uh, is this the third or fourth time, I think, now that you've done the Bible study on Wednesday nights? Fourth. Fourth. So that, that has been awesome to uh, be called your friend and see you in the ways that you've grown over these last years. And so, uh, brother, the rest of the time is yours. We look forward to what you have to share with us. Thank you, sir. If you could uh, open your Bibles up to uh, Judges chapter 6. And we're going to be looking at uh, verses 1 through 13. And the Bible reads it this way. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. And because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them dens, which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. And they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth till thou come unto Gaza, and left no substance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor ass. For they came up with their cattle in their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude. For both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of, the, of Israel cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all that oppressed you and drave them out from before you and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was an Aphra that pertained unto Joash the Asbarite. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the privilege and opportunity it is to open your word. I thank you uh, just for who you are. I pray that our hearts will be attentive and that um, 
that you would remove any distractions from our mind and that uh, you would be glorified in this hour. Father, I pray that you would speak to us this hour as you know all the needs. I have nothing to say. You have everything to say. Father, I thank you. I give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So we have to realize that uh, every decision that we make um, doesn't just affect you. It, it affects everyone, whether you see it or not. And uh, Philip, Keller, Philip Keller said it this way, the, the enduring alienation of the Arab and Israel, Israeli nations stands as a solemn reminder that no man is an island who lives alone to himself. Whatever we do touches a thousand other lives and bears directly upon unaccounted other careers. Everything we do has a cause and effect, and everything we do affects uh, the people around us. I just want to talk with you a couple of things that God showed me through the life of Gideon. First, we see, uh, we see that there's grace for the humble. If you look over to, uh, in chapter 6, uh, verses 12 to 13, the Bible reads it this way, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said, said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us in the hands of the Midianites. Gideon heard all about the great works of God in the past, yet he wondered why he did not see the same great works in his day. Gideon thought the problem was with God, but when, but when really um, with God, not with him or with the nation of Israel as a whole. In truth, Israel forsook God. God did not forsake Israel. Um, and so we, we, what a powerful uh, thing that is there is that even when we don't think much of ourselves, God thinks uh, highly of us, which you see it here. And we see that, uh, that Gideon didn't think much of himself because if we look a couple verses down to uh, verse number 15, and the Bible reads it this way, And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. So even when God called him out, he still didn't think much of himself because of the condition of how poor he, was, he and his family were. Gideon had might, might to go forth in, but he could not see himself as someone who could do great things for God. He thought of himself as insignificant from the smallest clan in his tribe and that he was the least in his own family. Gideon was correct. He could not save Israel, but a great God could use a small and weak Gideon to rescue Israel. So we see God's grace and how he encouraged and was showing um, Gideon who he could be with God. And secondly, we see um, that there's grace for the obedient. If you turn over to uh, Judges chapter 7, and uh, we're going to look at verses 2 and 3, it says, um, 
It says, And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, My own hand hath saved me. Now therefore go to proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there returned of the people twenty and two thousand, and there remained ten thousand. So God called Gideon to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Midianites, but there were a lot of Midianites and not a lot of Israeli people. And so, um, so when God called him to do this, this was a great test of Gideon's faith. And Gideon was probably surprised at the number of men who were afraid to fight, but God wanted the odds so bad that, that the victory would clearly be his alone. So imagine you have 22,000 22, um, people that you're getting ready to go to battle, and God says, okay, let everybody who's fearful and afraid to go back to their house. And... Um, or 32,000, I'm sorry. You say that, and then 22,000 just get up and leave. And, uh, and there's over 100,000 of the Midianites. It, it kind of looks a little lopsided, almost as if it's like impossible. But Gideon obeyed God. He obeyed him to what he said. He even cut down the army that much more because then he, he said, take them to the river, and whoever, whoever laps them up as a dog... Those will be who I keep. And he, he uh, shrunk it down to about 300. So you got 300 men and about 135,000 Midianites. It looks nearly impossible from a human, human perspective, but with God, everything is possible. And, uh, and so then as um, God would have it, <laughs> uh, not only does he give you grace, for, um, for the humble and grace for obedience, uh, but also we see uh, there's grace. Uh, he gives grace for the victory. And uh, we see this in, in Judges chapter 7 and verses 20 uh, through 22 that read it this way. And the three companies blew the trumpets and break the pitchers and held the lamps in their hands and, their, and the trumpets in their right hands to blow with all, and they cried, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And they stood every man in his place round about the camp, and all the hosts ran and cried and fled. And the three hundred blew the trumpets, and the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow, even throughout all the host. And the host fled to uh, Bethshea in Zarath and to the border of Abima Mahola unto Tabith. So we see that, um, that uh, trumpets, empty pitchers, and lamps aren't exactly what you'd think you'd use to wage a successful warfare, but because the Lord was behind the battle, the Israelites achieved complete victory with these weapons. Without a doubt, this was a victory that could only come from God. Israel did not have conventional weapons. Thus, their faith was in the Lord. If we are right with God and following His plans, He will give us complete victory. 
just as Jacob the deceiver became Israel a prince with God, as Simon the unstable one became Peter a rock, as Saul the persecutor of God's people became Paul, became Paul, champion of the church, so God can take any of us, if we will allow him, and transform us into the giants of faith under his good hand. And when I've read this story, and I see how God laid it all out, um, it reminds me of salvation and what was done on the cross. Because just like Gideon, God gave us victory through his only begotten son, Jesus Christ the Lord. And we see that in John 3, uh, chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And another thing that I see is, is like Gideon, the odds are stacked like, like Gideon, the odds are stacked against us because of our sin. And we cannot overcome it, but by and through Jesus Christ the Lord. And we see this in, uh, in Romans chapter 3, verse 19, that says, Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. And a couple verses down from that in 23, it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then we see in Romans 5.8 that, But God commended His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. So we see our need for Christ and what He did. And we see in, uh, in Romans 5.19 that says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners. The reason why we have to die, the reason why we deal with cancer, the reason why we deal with any of those things is because of what was done um, with Adam and Eve. And, but we see that uh, by one man's obedience... The obedience of one shall many be made righteous. His righteousness is imputed to us through the blood of Jesus Christ. And we see, not only do we see what he did for us, but then we also see that Jesus Christ is the only way and the only mediator between God and man. When we surrender our lives to him, everything we need or could want is found in him. And we see this, in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2, verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. And when we, when we give our lives to Christ and we surrender and we realize that we're a sinner, we then have everything imputed to us. And we see that in 1 Corinthians 1, uh, verses 30 and 31. It says, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. And then I want to just show you 
uh, even through everything after Gideon overcame the Midianites by the hand of God. Israel then wanted uh, Gideon and his family to rule over them. And I just want you to see Gideon's response at the end uh, in Judges chapter 8 in verses 22 and 23. And it reads this way. Then the men of Israel said unto Gideon, Rule thou over us, both thou and thy son, and thy son's son also, for thou hast delivered us from the hand of Midian. And Gideon said unto them, I will not rule over you, neither shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. And um, believe it or not, God saw Israel's heart. He saw Gideon's heart, their motivations, uh, what they truly wanted. And even now today, uh, God is looking for people that truly want to worship Him in spirit and in truth. And we see this in, um, in John chapter 4, in verse 23 and 24, when Jesus met the woman at the well. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So as I, as I close, I just have a couple questions to ask you that, uh, to help you evaluate uh, your, your life. And the first question is, who is the ruler of your life? Is it you? Is it, is it Christ? Or is it something else? Because we're all, we're all, God created us to worship Him. But because of sin, we tend to want to worship other things. And the second question is, who or what are you worshiping? Because you're worshiping something. The question is, what is it? Or who is it? And the third question is, are you living in obedience or disobedience to His Word? And uh, as I close, I, um, I just wanted to share with you a hymn that God had showed me um, in the hymn book. I, I, um, I've been falling in love with these hymns. They're so good, even when you just read them. And this one really just struck my heart. It's in page 8 in the hymn book if you guys wanted to follow along. But the hymn is, For What Earthly Reason? And it says, For what earthly reason would the Heavenly Father send down His Son to suffer rejection and pay for crimes He had not done? For what earthly reason would the Father let Him hang on a tree? I wept with the answer. That one earthly reason was me, was you and I. I was the reason, that one earthly reason. I was the guilty, He was the sacrifice. I was the taker, He was the giver. Dying while I go free, that one earthly reason was me. The fairest of angels were not summoned from the throne up in the sky to purchase my pardon. Not even the angels could die. The only provision for my freedom was destined to be the sweet Lamb of glory and his only reason 
was me. I was the reason, that one earthly reason. I was the guilty, he was the sacrifice. I was the taker, he was the giver. Dying while I go free, that one earthly reason. Uh, let's close in prayer. Father, I just thank you for the privilege and opportunity it is to be in your house, to be able to worship you in prayer and also just in preaching. Father, I pray that uh, hearts would be were encouraged and also challenged. I pray that you would do your wonderful work that you do with your word because your word never comes back void. Father, I love you. I praise you and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.